tattoo is popping right now. What? Yeah. It's a ladies takeover. <laughs> That's right. Hello, hello. Even though Karen's on vacation, we're still going to be popping. Woo. But we miss you, girl. We miss oh, you. We do. We miss you. But she's living it up over there. You've seen the Instagram stories, people. Oh, my God. If you haven't, Care Mama, check them out. She is living. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hoops Talk. Hey. So I am back from Texas and full of barbecue. Hey. And I am happy to be back live in the studio. And today it is a blessing to have Mysterious Jack. Hey. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> she is subbing for our dear, dear Karen, who, as we mentioned, is on vacation right now. She's in the Philippines with her family and her daughter. And it's looking great. Yes. She's looking like, I mean, it's next level. Fun. Right. Tree climbing and bridge walking and... Oh, she is just I mean, like, and I'm loving it. It's paradise. I'm living through her pictures right now because my budget and my wallet don't allow me to travel at this moment. So I'm living through you, Karen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been great. It's been great. Um, so yes, Jackie, thank you so much for being with oh, us. Man. Jackie, as some people may know, is the host of the ladies night talk show. Radio show. Radio show, yes. Radio show. Eventually have my talk show. Right. (laughs) I told her earlier today she is a sexy Ellen show. I freaking love that. I'm putting that in my bio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she's here subbing and I couldn't be happier. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love your show. Like your show gets me so excited. Your gear is awesome. I I want a shirt, by the way. (laughs) Oh, I'm wearing swag, by the way. Yes, she is. I was like, I want that. I just feel like women in sports it gets me excited because it's just we're just changing the game over here and I don't know too much about it but I'm learning because I grew up as a baseball Mm -hmm. family and I grew up from the age of five years old to like Mm -hmm. 20 I played sports Mm -hmm. but just recently I started getting into basketball and football because it's just it's just fun to watch well I mean real really I love that you say that because our whole point is for people like you you know that have had I mean you don't even have to have a sports background I I suppose on the swim team Okay. And I did long distance running. Hey. And all things that I didn't have to do team sports. <laughs> I'm more of a leader. I feel you. You know, so I have I do have problems playing nice with the people, I guess. I mean, I was born into it. I'm the fifth child of eight kids, so, so we were a team growing up. Right. I, I totally understand. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Actually, I just had like a light bulb moment. Maybe that's why I didn't like team sports. <laughs> because your there were so many freaking kids in the house all the time. I'm like, right. oh, living is a team sport. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Yes. So. So, yeah, so I I didn't really, you know, I I like we like having uh, different perspectives about things that we read. And I've heard this said before, because sports is not an isolated, um, you know, entity any longer. It is in business. It is in culture. It is in fashion. It is in music and really has to do with the people that make it up. And I know we focus on basketball, but. I mean, you could look at any Serena Williams, she's tennis, how Tiger Woods golf, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of things in sports that are intertwined in the fabric of the culture. And especially in this episode, we're going to be focusing on coaching because I feel like the modern athlete, what we've been talking about throughout a lot of shows is 
the transition from an athlete to one more than an athlete. Mm-hmm. And then also their transition into what is, what do they do when they're in going into retirement? You know, a lot of the sports, they don't go past 30, right, in their right. age. So 30 is young. It is. 30 is, is super young. Yeah. So like, what do you do? And if you haven't had those that skill set, yeah. You know, to de- make those decisions, um, where do you go? And you're seeing like more athletes trying to set themselves up so that they can have that second life in either being an analyst or fashion or filmmaker. Um, and also the idea of like, why do we have to stay in our own lane? Mm. You know, I understand a lot of ways how that's important, you know, because it's you do what you do best. But at the same time, you're then saying, you know, I wasn't going to be a podcaster, you know, I was right. going to do a radio show. Right. That was in my lane. And, you know, I would not have been able to um, even think about doing it unless I just thought, well, what does that mean to be in a lane and exploring those things? So I think that's why coaching and this episode um, will be really interesting. And actually, that's a great intro for our special guest today, Kia Myers Dugan. Hey. Yay. Hey. Hey. Welcome. Hey. I tried to do a sound. <laughs> See what happens when I try to do a sound? There you go. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Outstanding. Um, so, um, I'm so happy that you could be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Absolutely. really glad to be here. Uh, Kia, you are a career, co- career makeup over coach. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Kia and I, we met each other because she was my career coach for a stint for like a month and a half or so. Oh, that's so. I feel like it was longer than that. Is it? I feel like it was so short because I wanted more. Well, and we, <laughs> and when we started working, like you came in hot because you're like, oh, I'm yeah. preparing for an interview. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 I always come in hot. I yeah. apologize. Um, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I loved the fire. Um, and um, I invited you on the show because I thought this was such a great topic to explore. And you, uh, being a career coach, um, you've probably had a lot of these conversations, not necessarily with athletes, but like of all, um, you know, types of, uh, of jobs. So, or careers. Yeah. So if, I, I would love for you to tell listeners a little bit about yourself and, um, how you look at coaching a little bit before we get into the next topic. Yeah. So, um, again, thank you so much for having me on and I've been coaching, um, for a little over two years. My, my background is in marketing and, after doing that for about 20 years, it started to feel a little stale and, you know, it mm. was fine. It was easy mm. for me and it fun at points, but I still felt like something was missing. Mm. And I was working at a nonprofit with underserved youth. And in that role, I had to get their essence. I had to capture their story. Where's- and so I started feeling this sense of like, wow, like there's something here. There's something really neat and rewarding and fulfilling about this. And so I talked to a friend of mine who was actually going through a coaching certification program. Okay. And I was saying, you know, I feel like I could be doing something more. And as I was telling her about my work, Mm. she was like, so while you're not an official coach, she was like, that's coaching. So you might want to, you might want to get up in this program. So I went and got my certification and first day, of training. I was like, yep, this is what I need to be doing. So that's so cool. Um, and so, yeah. And so over the last 
uh, probably year or so, I've really been focusing a lot on career makeover and career transition and mm. career pivots. And in particular, working with women. I do have a few male clients, mm-hmm. but in particular mm-hmm. with women, because mm-hmm. women... Um, while we may be as accomplished as, say, a man mm. is, we're less likely to make that claim. We're less likely mm. to That's put so a, true. Put That's a stake in the ground. There's actually, there's a stat where, you know, a woman can be 80% qualified for a job mm. and not apply because she's like, oh, I don't have all the qualifications. But right. men, mm. even when they're only 20% qualified, right. they will apply because they're like, I got this. And right. so it's like women... We never feel like we're totally enough. And so it's so, you know, the career makeover piece of it or the career coaching Mm. is that's just part of it. The other part is looking inside to figure out what makes you feel like you're not enough and going that route to get the whole transition down. Wow. So it's, yeah. it's really, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very rewarding. Mm. And, um, and it's amazing to see women flourish after that. Jackie, have you, I mean, when you wanted to do a radio show, I remember you said, you just went in and said, I want to do a radio show. Right. What do I do? So actually growing up, um, I did want to do radio. I've always wanted to do radio and I did apply for some internships. I never got them. So Mm. somewhere along the line, I kind of gave up on my dream to get into radio. Mm -hmm. So I just always had a good work ethic. I was like, okay, I'm just going to work and do do whatever job I had. If it was retail or if it was working at a high school or middle school, I put 100% into it. Mm. Um, And I just somehow got into radio because... The, the it's just crazy like um podcast was just becoming popular so i was like well i can't get into radio so i'm just gonna have my own show even if i'm the only <laughs> one listening so i was like let me try to figure out how to start a podcast right that's when i met keith and mm. keith was looking for somebody to help him with his own podcast i was like okay i will help this guy and he can help me teach me how to how to start a podcast because right. he's already doing it Long story short, we literally have created a platform yes. for people to, to, which is the good news. And, you know, Absolutely. I'm so glad that I stuck with Keith because he's a visionary for sure. And we have created something. So he's allowed me to live out my dream, um, which will always be thankful for. Even if it never reaches to a, a you know, a, like a level of Ellen, I'm still right. fulfilled because I was, I'm able to do what I've been wanting to do, which yes. is my own show. Right. And even if I have, 10 listeners to 100 listeners. I'm thankful that I'm doing what is making me happy because it's something that I've always wanted to do. So that's one thing that I love in this generation that we can do what we want to do no matter what. Like nothing right. can stop us. Right. And and something that you brought up, it's uh, about women not going for it. There's so many women in my life that are exactly that. They're like, I'm not applying because I'm mm-hmm. not ready. But there's a reason for that. It's because if you're going to go up against a man or a position that's for a man – most of the time you have to have like 150% more than mm. they do be, to even be considered. Right. Unfortunately, that is the life that we're living, but it's changing right now. Women is right. the yes. movement. Fe- female is the future, as I, I always right. say, <laughs> and that's all changing as you can see. And we're going to talk about right. later about women yeah. coaching in, in sports right. in general. So luckily, you know, the women before us who got through those challenges, now we're at a next level where we're trying to break down those barriers for the women after us. Right. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's why I think this was so, I did a lot of research and I was really excited about this topic um, because I knew what, what coaching had done for me with working with Kia. And I wanted to make sure we shared that. And also through the lens of sports, because I don't think that there, you know, we always talk about representation matters and I'm have really gotten into the WNBA this season, uh, my first season. And I said it 
a few episodes ago that I was embarrassed that I hadn't been into it before. Um, so this time, you know, I really wanted to, to get into it and I genuinely love it. And the stories that come out of there, I'm just like, oh my goodness. You know? yes. <laughs> oh shit. Yes. They're intense. And, and I think that if we can get them to unpack more of those stories, the awesome part about that is it, it shows uh, a path you know, that maybe wasn't there before. And then when you have people that are, will coach that path, Mm -hmm. you just get next level. And I think that's where the coaching part, um, in general for Mm -hmm. either your career or in athletics on or off the court or the field is what's really important. So I think it's going to be a very interesting. I'm excited. Awesome. (laughs) So before we dive into our, um, coaching conversation, I want to do a little bit of house cleaning and some updates. Um, make sure you try still subscribe to us on Apple podcasts and or Spotify. You can like renew and review that way. Other people get to know, um, more about our show. We come up on searches. Um, if you like what you hear and you think your friends and family will like it, please share it. Um, with them. Also, we launched a website. Hey, do some clapping on yes. that. Yay. Yes. Super excited about launching the podcast because I'm sorry, launching the website um, because I just think it's a really cool component to have where people could just land and learn more about us and get in contact with us. And um, it's really about an additional arm to brand and like coming soon. So stay tuned. There will be some blogging as well as some video and some other like amazing things that we want to do for there. So right now you can see about us, you can contact us and you can also find all the ways you can listen to the podcast. So, um, I'm very excited about yes, that. Congrats. Thank you. And I own, I belong, I guess in October when we launched, I purchased the hoopstalk.com. It's literally the hoopstalk.com. That's amazing. Yeah. So I actually have our name. I'm so excited. I'm That's like, a big wow. Deal. Yeah. Cause, and then yeah. I could sell it for like over a grand right now. And I'm like, no, it's me. That's right. me. So yeah. I'm excited. Um, let's see. Of course, also um, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I've been doing crazy things on Instagram. <laughs> Another thing where it's like, I don't know what's wrong, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. <laughs> you're actually killing it. You're, like, you've Thank inspired you. me. So you're awesome. I've that. seen your videos and what you're doing on I'm yours. It's going to get better. No, you're good. You're good. You're doing I'm a working great with job. what I got on my apps. I feel you. I feel you. That's uh, what you got. Good, right? it, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's right. That's right. Um, again, you know, Karen's on vacation. She'll be back next week. Oh, and I just want to say happy birthday to my Cal, the PG Aww. of Courtside Radio. Uh, make sure you catch that show on Thursdays at six o'clock. And if you do um, chat him, happy birthday. It's today. It's Leo season. Hey. And we are so happy to yes. have my Cal's birthday. Happy birthday, my Cal. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. I think he he turned 30. Did he? I don't even know. 30, 30. 30, 30. Well, happy birthday. A little happy birthday salute to you. Um, Okay, that was very choppy but (laughs) (laughs) before we go i want to move forward into um unless you have any updates jackie you want to share about your show or anything happening or no no not the moment yeah we're good right now okay excellent um i want to talk about the wnba really quick because i'm excited it is happening it is hot it is heated they just had the all-star game in las vegas Mm -hmm. 
I watched it. It was amazing. Erica Wheeler, she won the MVP for um, the game. She was undrafted. So she came in undrafted. What? And she won. That's amazing. Um, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like um, she also uh, gave a shout out to, well, her mom who passed was a big one that she wanted to say, says it's always with her. But in her uh, other um, uh, interviews, she does mention uh, C. Vivian Stringer, which is she is uh, the coach for the Rutgers and as saying like, you know, she still inspired me when other people were like not yeah. believing and where I was at. So again, another person who looks to their coach for for that inspiration throughout her career. Um, my sparks are in fourth place, and they look like they're pretty healthy. Um, got everyone back except for uh, Candace Parker was like a player of the week, and again another person who Pat Summit was her coach, mm-hmm. uh, the Lady Vols, mm-hmm. and I'm reading um, her biography, Sum It Up, right now. I believe it is. Um, I got it on audiobook, and um, it's very it's awesome because it's. Um, about she talks about her career, but it's also um, how she's diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and that's how she passed away. So oh. it like starts with that diagnosis, mm. and then she dives into her her life. So I would recommend um, that on audiobook. It's very good. Um, and let's see. Um, so a couple things that you know we were talking about the narratives that are going on in WNBA. Um, they're really starting to dive into the fashion. I saw that. <laughs> I am a living for. Yes. They have the WNBA slay. So it's a hashtag. OMG. Oh, yes. I love it. Hashtag WNBA slay. And they've launched Match My Fly with Shanice Johnson, who has her own fashion line. And they're doing IGTV. And it's basically, she takes a player and she's got to match her fly, right? So you get to have someone, um, I forget who she had on her, as her first guest, but one of her guests is Brittany Griner. So it's like, you know, her height, her, you know, shoulder with like, how do you, and then like her swagger, like how do you match that? So it was really cool. That's, That's awesome. Nice. And that goes back to, to, if you think about it, like the, in the NBA, guy swagger is everything. That yeah. tunnel yes. walk, the sneakers. Yes. Um, but it wasn't always like that. It became no. recently. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Alan Iverson was really the one who decided that he wanted to bring in more of his, you know, his swagger, his style and, you know, his friends who he had, you know, come up with. Okay. And say like, hey, this is who I am. This is how I want to be. Yeah. Um, which I believe they instituted a dress code. Yes, they You know, did. after mm-hmm. he, you know, oh. was coming. I would think yeah. too Dennis Rodman. You know, he, I, that's a good question. <laughs> I would have thought him. Like, he's the first person that makes me think of out of a box, like, style when, I feel when like, I feel like he went way over he after he got out of the league. Where he started, remember he wore that wedding dress for his, oh, yeah. um, for book, his book launch. launch. Yeah. But he used to dye his hair. Yeah, he did colors. dye his hair. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of piercings. Yes. Piercings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he definitely <laughs> was one of those. Was one of those, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but I thought that I was like thinking about it. And I'm like, wow, don't you, that seems like it'd be a good narrative for, you know, the fact that you're like, hey, you know what? Um, what? What is something in the WNBA that makes me want to be part of the WNBA? Right. Right. Because when you think of NBA players or, you know, and you see the, the, the youth that are like, hey, we're up and coming NBA players, 
they get to see someone like LeBron. Yes. They get to see someone like Russ. They get to see Harden. They get to see these guys with all this drip and swag and fashion. Right. So now that the women are more embracing that side, there will be young players that are looking at them to say like, Fuck, I want that right. drip. I want that right. shine. Do we know if, because I don't know, I'm asking, if any w- women have their own shoe-like line? or um, Like a lot of the guys in NBA, they there, have their... I think Cap might have one. I, I do know that there's one. I can't remember exactly who it is, but yes, there is one, I believe... Ty Young might be one of them. The reason I ask is I remember that there's like a girl, I forgot who she told, if it was like Kyrie or LeBron or somebody, um, about their shoe. Like she Steph. couldn't, Steph, she couldn't find her shoe, yeah. their shoe in her size or in a woman's size. Yeah. So it kind of inspires like more women to have their own shoe length because there's so many girls yeah. that are going to be looking for that. You know, like I want, you know, like the, the that sneaker for that player mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I know because it's hard to find. Like whenever I have the sneaker app from Nike, and even just to find some of the sizes, yeah, I have to get like a men's six mm-hmm. if they go that mm-hmm. small, right? Because sometimes I just like the man's shoe, and if they, I, I've always, I always thought it was interesting. Like, why would you leave money on the table? Right. Why would you leave money on the table? That's right. something I always, the two things I always say, follow the money whenever something is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Because someone's keeping it, you know, someone's trying to keep it bad because they're making money out of it. And two, why leave money on the table? Mm-hmm. And so if you just made it in a women's size. Right. You would have so, double the right. money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. there's so many women that are sneakerheads too. Right. Yeah. Are you a sneaker, do you wear Kia, are you a sneakerhead at all? Do you, are you into like any I'm of that not, stuff? I'm not no. partially because um, I have such a big foot size. Really? Well, and, and I got made fun of, uh, <laughs> and so I just and sometimes when I see myself in gym shoes, in fact, I thought this the other day. Okay, I was like, oh my god, I have clown feet. I can't. <laughs> I can't wear. No, we got to, bre- you know we what, gotta own it. You, you got, we got to break you out. We're going to get you some Jordans or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I was never a fan of the Jordans. Really? Oh, I feel like they're too bulky. Okay. I never rocked All the right. Jordans, mm-hmm. but okay. I do like, okay, there was like a good pair of shoes that I like stood out to me. I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, these awesome shoes. Found mm-hmm. out they were like Kyrie Irving's and that's okay. how I found out who that player was. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. these okay. shoes are killer. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have like All little right. studs mm-hmm. on the sides. Right. They're like black and red. I freak. And I love black and red. Okay. I want those shoes. Yeah. Jordans are very stiff it's yeah. very like you know i don't really i i don't know how people really i have a pair of red ones that i love mm. um but other than that i know like other people that are just like that's it i only yeah. do jordan i bought one yeah. pair i wore them like once and then i just gave them away <laughs> they were the retro i think they were retro fours or retro three okay. something like that they also make your foot very hot very very mm. hot it wasn't comfortable no like your fashion <laughs> shoot like okay so i got the new what, 720s that came out they're really cute but goddamn like my foot is a hot brick at the end of walking around in them there's right. like no there's no like ventilation no mm. none none yeah Okay. So, yeah, okay. Well, now we know. See, like, we could start our, our own shoe line because <laughs> we know what women want. <laughs> yes, we want a breathable shoe that looks sexy. I mean, comfortable. Come on. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember those sneakers that used to have the heel? 
that were really popular in the yeah. 90s. Yes. Yeah. I never had a pair because they're always made out of canvas. Right. No. And just made your feet stink. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Those and jellies. Right. Jellies were oh, like I used to super. Love and for sneakers, like you have to understand women, we already wear uncomfortable shoes. Yes. Yes. Heels, wedges, whatever. Mm-hmm. So when we yeah. wear sneakers, we want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of those shoes from like Jordan. No, not, not knocking Jordan. Okay. Right. right. You just don't understand women. <laughs> and that's what that is. <laughs> we want something comfortable, something yeah. light, something fun, yeah. and still something stylish. Yeah. And, yeah. But to your point about leaving money on the table, mm. I mean, this discussion, yeah. it's evolved, but this discussion is part of the reason why there aren't, you know, hot sneakers for women mm. because the manufacturers, a la a Nike, mm don't feel like there's a big enough market right. for it. So, you know, rocking right. my marketing and yeah. business. Yeah, there we go. But, um, <laughs> sports business. That was my minor in college, actually. Sports I, business? Sports oh, business, there you yeah. go. Um, but, yeah, they just, at the time, didn't believe that there was a big enough market for women. But mm. now, with the NBA slay and, right. you know, and right. women really having this moment. I mean, think about the U.S. Women's National oh, Team. Oh, God, you know? yeah, so, I for mean, sure. We've just been having this moment and now it's like oh there's demand right let's let's start considering this but you know the people that are making those decisions there's no women in that i will say though there was a lot of uh, women were not wearing sneakers as much as they are now like you'll go to brunches you go to parties Mm. i've gone to day parties where girls are wearing full-on dresses they're looking cute their hair's done their makeup they Mm. look down they're wearing sneakers and they still Mm. look cute they're rocking it Mm -hmm. so it's like women are choosing comfort now more than anything they're still gonna look good yeah and they're gonna still they want to drop it low but they want to be comfortable (laughs) and so now they're working. Yeah. I'm serious. If you watch these girls and 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 stuff, they're wearing sneakers with their dresses mm. now. Yeah, I've done. I do it myself. I Me was too. just wearing uh, that it, when I was in uh, Austin. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna wear sneakers with my dress, and and it's so and cute. We've become it's cute. become stylish and everything. I will say though, I ha- I wore a pair of cowboy boots. I saw that. They're super cute, I and they're so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you feel just different when you put on a pair uh, of cowgirls. They were. Awesome. Yeah. I have, I bought those a while back. I'm not going to get too deep into the story, but I will recommend that every person should you have feel one different. pair of cowboy boots on. I love I it. Some. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's some, yeah. I wore them with a dress. I wore them with a jumper. I wore them with jeans. I wore them uh, with my shorts, my bathing suit. I mean, I'll wear it. Did you get them suit. here in the U.S.? Or no, did you- I did. I got them in, uh, in Nashville. Okay. Nashville. Yeah. Okay. I'm in Nashville. So I, I Look at you rocking them boots. Okay. I loved it. I you're very up. stylish, though. I'll give you that list. You're so stylish. You. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I try. I mean, it's the one thing I have to. It's the, what do they say? If dress how you want to be in the day or something like mm-hmm. that, like help set, set your day set up. Set your tone, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I work it. from home, and so I. Yeah. If I stay in pajamas, I'll take <laughs> I feel you on that. Yes, the mentality work will... follows how you. Yes. Right. 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 Um. So yes, so the NBA, WNBA uh, match my fly um, is something that's that's been popping on social, and again, uh, WNBA kicks has has been around. They actually had a WNBA sneaker day at the Sparks um, oh, for one awesome. of the games. Yeah, we were actually there for it. I took my nephew and my sister, and we all wore like our mm-hmm. super nice uh, sneakers. So yeah, I think like that is all a part of. The WNBA trying to find the storylines that are going to yeah. keep the um, audience, mm-hmm. 
you know, into it. And also the growth potential for other people that want to be athletes and come into the sport. But one of the things that, um, that caught my attention, Kia, that you mentioned was, you know, that it's having a moment. And I think what will be interesting is that I feel like throughout, cause I've read more about the WNBA, they've had like peaks, but they haven't had a sustained you know, moment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see, like, how do we sustain? Because yeah. this is like a hot summer yeah. for WNBA. Like yeah. it was, and what Las Vegas did at the um, at the All Star Game, just like people are saying, like, I don't know another city that's going to be able to top what Las really? Vegas did because Las Vegas they made basically the aces they created the mm-hmm. aces for, mm-hmm. and they have a huge fan base for being such a new team, mm-hmm. and they have an amazing roster. Um, Asia Wilson, Liz Cambage, um, you know, I can't, some other names escape me, but they are definitely like on that trajectory. So um, it'll be interesting to see how do you sustain it? You know, how do you keep it going? Um, Instead of it just being like, okay, really hot one Mm -hmm. year. And then we're going to be sitting here having this conversation like in three years. What happened? Remember when the WNBA was popping that summer of 2019? Like, no, okay. How do, what do we do to sustain sustain it? Um, So, yeah, so that is my little WNBA situation that I always like to bring up. So we go on to the next topic. I am not good at this, like, little... No, you're you go. Am I okay? <laughs> I always feel like I'm very jarring, like, and then. <laughs> so we will move on to Let's Get Social. Hey. So this is basically where we go around, see if you saw anything on social media, and we could talk about it. Because um, there's always something happening in social media. Oh, yes. Always, always. Um, so one of the things that, just I just read on social media was that the NBA will require every team to have a licensed mental health professional on retainer this year. Wow. They're going to institute it. And this was reported by Sam Emick and Kevin Love is, as you know, the big advocate mm-hmm. for doing that. I believe he and um, gosh, there was another player, DeRozan was also um, an advocate to get this done. And I think that is, like, so smart because you have so much, like, I can can only imagine the anxiety. I mean, you guys play. Yeah. I mean, I swam, but, you know, I was never going to be on the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) And if I didn't didn't win in my lane, I just didn't win in my lane, you know. Right. And so, or if I didn't run fast enough, it was like, it's kind of on me. I didn't really, like, have that Mm -hmm. kind of pressure when it comes to sports. But I can imagine you both played baseball. Uh, Kia, you were saying uh, you love volleyball Mm -hmm. also. Yes. Um, How... How did you guys deal with those anxieties or their stress? Or, and were they part of why maybe you don't play it now? Mm. Do you want to go first? I mean, <laughs> I played since the age I was five. So the pressure has been there. Like, I mean, mm. my dad literally built a batting cage for us. It's like, you're not going to be the shitty player. On the team. <laughs> you are, you know, you're strong as your weakest link. Yeah. No, but luckily all the teams that I was on, we were, we were very good about supporting one another and you're going to have a bad day in sport and you're going to figure that out like not every day you're not always going to be 100 on that mm. and you know I, I didn't have the natural talent as some players so I had to work my ass 
just as you know double to make sure that I could keep up and luckily my hard work and passion kept me you know in the little league all-stars high school varsity I made I made varsity as, as a freshman I was actually recruited my coach came to my little league games yeah he would oh, recruit wow he was like you going to Westchester right because he knew my sister my sister and I was like yeah I'm gonna be there I went to Westchester hi shout out to us um and um it was a very competitive school but like that that team I'm very thankful for the coaches for sure but I think when you're a part of a team you literally learn to support one another to be make sure that you guys are there for each other because you're going to have a bad day and you would hate to be that player that's talking all that shit and then one day when it's your worst day everybody's mm. talking shit to you they're going to jump on that right. so you want to be supportive like you know what shake it off don't worry like let's get on to the next one yeah uh, and I still play I play on a co-ed softball team now because w- once you play like it's just in you like at least that's me right. I yeah. gotta play yeah and so um, it's a co-ed softball team and you know we play with guys so it, their guys can be just as comp- I mean more competitive obviously and so they we're all there for each other and we make sure that we we bring each other up because there's times that like some of our best players that are on the team they have like they're always on it and then like one game they're like they can't hit for shit they they're missing every ball i play first base and i'm like dude you're throwing all over i'm five two i'll give you one simple target right here and so everybody has an off day so you just got to be that player to like you know, make sure that we stick together and, you know, right. we win as a team, we lose a team. It's not one person's fault. It's literally all of us, you know? Right. So I, I, I appreciate that of it. So I don't know about you. Cause I've only played softball growing up. I tried one semester of soccer. Cause I was like, let me try a different sport. Right. And I made the team uh, somehow. <laughs> My coach was like, yo, Jackie, I need you to play a midfield center. I was, like, I was like, cool. I said, where's that at? I had no idea what I was doing. I just, you know, luckily my athleticism made me like get on the team and I was like, uh, excited and appreciative of that one mm. semester of soccer. Mm. Soccer is a whole different sport from softball, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, it's I love being a part of team. It's something different, mm. and it's it's I guess for you though, like uh, Liz, for to be like mm. that's a lot of pressure by yourself. At least like sometimes mm. you can like relieve that pressure right. on your teammates, yeah. or they can uplift you, or they can right. like don't worry, don't worry, you know. And they'll you know somebody's gonna step it up and take that pressure off. But when you play by yourself, that's I feel like that's more anxiety, more pressure. All eyes right. are on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could totally see what you're saying. Um, also, because I tend, I'm in situations where it's me again, like when I'm running. In particular, I see it when I'm running, not so much when I'm swimming, but I will go really hard. Like I, my friend tells a story where we were doing this boot camp and there was all these girls that would be really fast runners and I just couldn't allow them to be faster than me so she's like the next thing you know you're all on the golden gate bridge you're like doing it you're lapping them and and she was like the hell that come from and i'm like i don't know sorry but yeah there is like for me i guess on when a one-on-one competition you just i don't know you have to have it within yourself yeah and it's also about pacing yes right so i'm i'm very good at long distance running because i can pace myself that way whereas i have a friend she's out by like the third mile and mm. I, we ran a half marathon together. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I know why I, <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to run that long for any reason, reason. unless you're being chased. <laughs> <laughs> so true. No need, but yeah. But, uh, thank you, Jackie. Yeah. I guess for that, I haven't never thought about it that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, and I think just, whether playing individually or on a team, there is every athlete has to have this degree of mental toughness. Mm. And, you know, that's something that really has shaped and driven my life. But 
playing on a team and playing from such a young age, in particular mm. softball. So my dad was my coach. Wow. And so I didn't really have a choice. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, like, you know, but. That, but you're right, the Jackie. Pressure's about different. The, the pressure's yeah. different. The pressure's different because it's like, oh, you know, you're you're the the coach's daughter. But he treated me like everybody mm. else, and there is that element of, you know, when you have a bad day, and everybody has a bad day. Mm. You can have a bad couple of days, you mm-hmm. know, when you j- everybody gets in a slump. I mean, look yeah. at uh, Dame Lillard during the playoffs. Yeah, that's I mean, right. and he admitted he was like, I just. I was done. He was done. I was out. Yeah. I was was out. I didn't, I let my team down, but, and that happens. Mm -hmm. And so when you talked about the anxiety, you know, when I was having a slump, there are these moments where I would be afraid to go up to bat because it's like, I'm going to strike out. Well, Mm. your body goes where Mm -hmm. your energy flows. Exactly. Right. And so if you're already thinking that, like if you've, you've already, you've already taken yourself out the game. And so and people who were watching my swing would mm. tell me that they're like, we can tell in your swing that you weren't, that you weren't mm. there totally. Mm. Um, but then also with the team element, if there is, you know, any kind of divisiveness on the team, yes. where if there is this like, oh, she sucks or anything like that, mm. it will destroy <laughs> the team's performance. And right. that happened on my softball team, there was a division, you know, there was like, you know, the senior girls sure. and then they were, you know, the sophomore junior girls where we were like, oh, they think they hot shit. <laughs> da, da, da. Right, and right. our coach, right. she was like, okay, we're going to have some team building and we had to hash our stuff out. Like Got everybody it. had to come clean. Yeah. And when that happened, this like gelling right. happened and then we were on fire for the rest of the season. Right. But that happens where you just, you kind of get into these mind funks mm. where either you personally take yourself out of it or as a team, you take yeah. yourselves out yeah. of it yeah. because of that. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I think this is great that this passed because, you know, if someone already had, first off, I think like uh, mental health is something that we don't, talk about enough in this country or deal with or have mechanisms to deal with. And you have to be very um, courageous even to admit that you'd have that and how you talk about it. So, you know, Kevin Love was that I remember that I recall he was talking about it and he's been been wanting to like, you know, he'd talk about interviews and his trials. Um, So it's a, I think it's great that they're able to push it through and they have that support because like we're talking about here and this is at like college level. This is, he's like, I mean, the only thing you live, breathe and do all day is so that you can go out and play that sport. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if you're broken to your Mm -hmm. point, you know, Mm and if your body's, if your mind's already saying no and you know how harsh Social media can be yes the trolls yeah so all the the armchair coaches and quarterbacks well also the uh, I mean you said you had your dad was your coach Mm -hmm. I imagine like I mean I'm sure he maybe tried not to traumatize you but you do see a lot of these parent coaches that are like it can be intense they're crazy well I do remember um, there were some moms who and my you know. My whole household was sports. You talked about you grew up in a baseball household. Like every Saturday we were sitting at the table with our McDonald's lunches mm. and we were watching baseball. End of story. Wow. And that's what we did. So that's just, that's what right. I grew up with. Right. Um, but 
there were some moms, and I remember my mom included, where they kind of went after the dad coaches, and they were like, just because you didn't make it in MLB, <laughs> don't take it out on the kids. So true. Yeah. Don't take it out on the kids. Like, get your stuff tight yeah. and reel it in. Right. I do remember some of the moms banding together because they're like, you're being too hard on these girls. They are right. 11 and 12 years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's very young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I thought you were going to say like 18, <laughs> oh, no. 20. No, no, no. I remember I was on the Starlights. And that was like, yeah. I remember that. I remember my mom being like, uh, nope, it's a wrap. Okay. Calm down. Okay. Right. Wow. wow. If you if you go to a lot of these Little League parks now, they have put up signs like mm. about like, this is just a game, right. you know, like you don't have to get serious, no yeah. yelling or something like well, that. Well, and right. we see all these videos of these parents the videos. in these Fighting. Brawls. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's a lot. Yeah. I used to umpire and I used to have to tell wow. parents like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. So. Right. <laughs> I can only imagine. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, So uh, talking, moving on from Let's Get Social. So I I just want to say, so Carmelo Anthony recently came out and discussed with Stephen A. Smith. Um, There's been a lot of swirl around Carmelo and uh, other members of the NBA that have not been drafted by a team to play. He still no, doesn't have a team. Um, Jer- Jeremy Lin also mm-hmm. uh, was on social talking about the fact that he wasn't on a team. He actually said that M- he felt the NBA uh, let him down. Mm, the the NBA like let him go. Um, so he probably could use some mental illness help or whatever because it was that particular video he was crying and it was like really emotional and I know a lot of people came at him with like dude you want to ring you made all this money you know what are you crying about and Mm -hmm. it's like well let's be I get it and I want to say that myself okay maybe I did tweet that myself but (laughs) 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 Uh, facts um but I deleted it because I'm like you know that's not cool because really this person he's maybe having you know that's troubling for him that means Mm -hmm. everything for him Mm -hmm. it's his identity Mm -hmm. because one of the things he did say was he did like playing in China because he had a lot of fans and people were supportive so Playing means different things to different people. And Carmelo, there's a lot of discussion around him because a lot of people are like, on one hand, he is a great player that people think should still be playing. And then on the other hand, there's a lot of people that are like, you are doing this to yourself. Mm. That That's why people don't want you. Mm. So... It's really, I'd be very interesting to see how, so he sat down with Stephen A. Smith and the whole time prior was that people were saying, should he retire and should he have a farewell tour? Like, can, is there a team that'll pick him up so then he can have the farewell tour? Um, and uh, Stephen A. Smith said, absolutely not. He's not that caliber of player. You know, uh, D. Wade had a farewell tour. Um, there were other, you know, not necessarily like Pharaoh tours per se, but you know, they like did the Jersey swap or, you know, um, I know Derek Jeter did like a whole farewell Mm -hmm. tour when he, I was there for his last game. Really? Really? It was amazing. It was so much fun. A lot of tears, a lot of like, I wasn't there for, my husband was there for Mariano Rivera's, uh, last day on the mound when he retired Mm. and he came, uh, he took a friend. He asked if he could take his friend. And he said everyone in the stadium was crying like a baby. Yeah. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, So anyway, so uh, 
so that came up and Stephen A. Smith said he does not deserve one. I don't think he should get one only because I still think he should be playing. But, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm definitely not a, a team owner. So he came out uh, and spoke to Stephen A. Smith and was basically saying, look, all the things that have happened to me, like they just happen. Like I didn't even realize I was going in and talking to the coaches or talking to the organization. He's like the Houston thing. We'd been talking about doing it for a long time. I get there. I'm getting ready to suit up. And the owner comes in and says, hey, man, this ain't working out. And he was like, yeah, I was going to talk to you. What do I need to do? He's like, no, no, no. We're letting you go. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's like, so I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Right. So then he goes to OKC and they do, you know, he's like, okay, what do we, what can I do? How can I, you know, work this out? They're all like, you know, you're going to come off the bench. He's like, fine, whatever you need me to do. And then the same thing where they're just like, you know, didn't want to play with it. They didn't want him any longer. So I'm like, how does someone like that who still thinks they should play or feel like he's saying that he went in and did all the right steps, to try to mm-hmm. get, the mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm. and that before he even had that chance, they were like, no peace. We don't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I feel mm-hmm. like he's being blackballed or something mm. like that. Sounds like they, they've been, someone's been saying things about right. him. Right. Because I don't understand why you wouldn't. Well, he can't even suit up before. Yeah. He was yeah. in his hotel room wow. <laughs> getting his suit on. And they were, they came in and said, yeah, no, you're, we don't want you anymore. So, so follow the money. Follow hey! that's right. Follow that money. You know, someone behind, you know, the uh, wizard happening. behind the behind the yeah. curtain. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that came out. I saw I was watched the video. Um and I know that we have listeners that always want to talk about Carmelo Anthony. So here's your chance now to talk <laughs> for us to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Um but that came out and I thought that was really in- insightful because I do think there's something going on with there Carmelo. Be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there he's fully, I mean, he's not injured mm-hmm. and I don't ever remember him being injury prone. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I don't know. I don't know. What's How going old on is there. he? Uh, what? Like he's got to be in his early thirties. I would assume 30, 35. Thank you, Mark for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that he mm-hmm. is, uh, he's old. Mm-hmm. I could say that, but, He's still, I don't know. I don't know. There's some teams that could use him. So then there was a rumor that they would maybe put him on a veteran contract with the Warriors. Um, but there's always rumors that swirl around him. He's like a rumor mill. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Oh, and, well, that could be it. I don't, but the thing is, you have so many other players with such terrible attitudes. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I wonder if he slept. This is me starting another rumor. I wonder if he slept with somebody's <laughs> wife or girlfriend. Uh, well, he, he, mm. does, he, he does mm. sleep around, but I don't know mm. if she was connected with anybody. Somebody high in the NBA. <laughs> I, and, you know, and, <laughs> look at me starting rumors. Oh, God. Hey, I'm just kidding. Know. Well, and that could be something, you know, uh, Kia, that, how would you address that? If I, if, Carmelo came to you mm-hmm. and said, I've tried to talk to yeah. everybody. Right. I think I might ask the question, what does trying look like for you? Mm. Like what, what are the steps that you've taken and what is the outcome that you expected from those? So if I was Carmelo and I was going to answer that, I'd be like, I emailed them to mm-hmm. tell them mm-hmm. I'm a good player. Mm. And my outcome is that I should be playing 
And why am I not? <laughs> so this is, is that this not is, good? This is super timely because um, a fellow career coach okay. had shared something on LinkedIn today where she said, I ask, and I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. here, but essentially she said, I want you to phrase your accomplishments in a story. Like, help me understand your accomplishments. And the reason for that is simply what you just said, Mm. where you say, I'm trustworthy and I'm a hard worker. Okay, anybody can say that. Show me. Tell me a story about when you did this. Tell me about a story when you were deemed as trustworthy. Blah, blah, blah. So for... Responding to you, Carmelo, (laughs) I emailed them and said, I'm, then I'd say, well, what story do you believe supports that? Then I would say as Carmelo, (laughs) I never skipped a practice. I, when I was told that I was going to be taken off the bench, I was fine with that. Mm -hmm. And I've repeatedly tried to ask, what do you need me to do? Because I will do whatever it takes because I'm all about the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, <laughs> perhaps consider having a sit down with someone after they've made the decision okay. to say, no, you're out. Right. Instead of just saying, okay, don't take no for an answer. Mm. Get, before you leave, exit stage left, right. ask the question, what's not working out? Okay. Take it, take it a couple of levels down instead of just saying, oh, okay. That sucks. Okay. okay. What's not working out? What happened? I just got here. Help okay. me understand this so that I can be better for right. the next team. Right. Yeah. That is good. That is good. I wouldn't have a response because right. Carmelo did not do that. He <laughs> was just all, I am out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Going to the next team. So that's because a good tip, he, people. He took it personally. Yeah. It may be oh, personal. Oh, very personal. Very personally. Screw you. I don't want to know your reason. So, you know, speaking of taking it personally, mm-hmm. is there tools to help you to not take shit personally? Because I, when I was impacted and I came to you prior, because I did like a whole seminar mm-hmm. thing prior to meeting Kia, I took it way fucking personally. Mm-hmm. And I was just all, this all career transition shit is bullshit. <laughs> Right. I immediately changed Mm -hmm. my perspective when I was in the room with other people because I'm like, why Mm -hmm. why would I? Mm -hmm. This is a gift. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But how does one, because at the heat of the moment, you want to be like, oh, you know what? Fuck you. I quit. Right. Right. Right? So how? What are tools? Yes. The first and strongest Suggestion. I'm down. Like Jackie, we're all getting our pens. I got my pen ready. And it's actually it's a it's a perspective piece, but it's to keep you Mm. from taking things personally. Know that whatever is happening has nothing to do with you, and it has everything to do with the Mm. person who is doing it to you. So if someone says, you know, you know, I don't want you on my team because I think you're a terrible person. (laughs) <laughs> just you know man it, it that sounds, you can take it, personally it sound, but here's the thing there is something you could have been the nicest person in the world mm. you could have you could have done all the things you could have brought flowers and you know candies right. and whatever but there's still something about your essence about your flow about mm. the way you show up that is a personal affront to that person so they're responding accordingly so okay. until you can like dig down but know that they're responding to me because of something that is going on within them. 
there is there's an assumption that they have reached. Mm. There is a rumor that they've heard mm. that they've taken as okay. truth. There's a belief that they have, and a belief isn't necessarily the truth. But right. there is something that they've, there's a conclusion that they've reached in their head mm. about you that has nothing to do with you. Interesting. None. I mean, I'll agree, I'll agree with you on that. There's been a plenty of situations where I've been, and I'm like trying, I'm scratching my head, because I usually, whatever I do, if it's in sports and work, or just my interactions with people are usually, I try to leave the person in like, I have a positive attitude. I've always had a positive attitude, even when things are going shitty. Like today, my car just broke down. I had taken Uber, and then I got to my house. I had no car keys. Like literally, all this is happening. You can even, if you follow me on on Instagram, you'll it. see, and you'll see I I'm laughing it. at myself. Like this is the funniest thing ever. Like most people would be sh- like, like just angry so i try to be a, in a positive attitude and i feel like there's been situations where you're you're honestly 100 percent on the nail with that where i worked with at my last job i remember i had a I had that like somebody come up and tell me like oh that person doesn't like you and i'm scratching my head like why don't they like me like i've been nothing but nice to them and then later on i find out it's like the reason their reason was like she's too happy I was like, oh, then this has nothing to do with me. This is all about how, how can somebody be so happy all the time and, and a positive attitude like what? Like th- that's not real or something like that. Right. And I'm like, yo, like I'm not saying I'm always happy, but I try to try to have a positive attitude, mm-hmm. especially that was my job at work. Like why if I'm pissed off at something else, why am I going to take it out on you? Like that's mm-hmm. never been my mm-hmm. thing. And so it's just like whenever I heard that, I was like, oh, this is definitely them, yes. not me. But there have been situations where I've had to put my ego aside mm. and literally self-reflect and figure out like, okay, in this situation, it is me. Mm. And it is my attitude or it is something that I'm not doing correctly. Mm. So I need to fix mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes, so you can't always blame the other person. You do always l- should leave the situation as at least self-reflect. And find out, okay, what could I have done in this situation differently? Right. Is there anything, exactly. Is there anything else I could have done differently? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Carmelo, if you're listening, we have a very good tip for you. (laughs) 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 Um, And hopefully you'll be able to um, figure out why this is happening. Because I, I think you're a good player and you have at least another season in you. So let's... Let's move on from let's get social, shall Man, we? Yeah. Let's go into because we got we got time to get into the meat of our show. Want to make sure we have enough time to unpack all that. So. Yes, thank you. Already, we're getting tips from Kia. Yeah, thank you. All these athletes, listen up, yo. <laughs> get your life <laughs> together. <laughs> love the ladies over here. <laughs> With much love. <laughs> Con amor, mommies and papis. <laughs> awesome. So we do. So you know, as we're talking about coaching, because you know that's what you do, and I wanted to talk about some of the coaches that um, I looked up and have been, um, I I talked to you guys, I was uh, listening to Pat Summit's book, Um, but I do think that coaching, um, there's always people with so much talent that without coaching, they don't get to where they're at, but at the same time, like if you've seen, you know, you've seen those stories where it's like, um, too much coaching or like a a Bobby Knight, you know, where you have tantrums and uh, you throw things. I also think like, um, was it Don Nelson who choked 
or got choked by Allen Iverson. One of those situations. Oh, wasn't um, Latrell? Yeah. Latrell pretty well. Yes, yes. Um, so you know there is this conflict, right? Because you have someone that might be real talent and um, a co- like I read. So I read um, Nine Rings the uh, Phil Jackson book and he talks about like warrior mentality and warrior one are you warrior two or where's your team at and he did shit like I curated books for my players to read and you know when I was first reading it I'm like okay let's see he's very spiritual and he's going to Montana and like whittling wood and figuring out the system and you're like okay it's got to work because he has like you know a winning championship Bulls team but at the same time it's like motherfucker you have Michael Jordan so (laughs) you're not playing with you know some Mm -hmm. scraps here you have one of the best players of all time on your team you had Dennis Rodman, defensive player, you know, one of the best ever. And you're just like, you have Pippen, Scotty Pippen, you had greatness. When then you go to the Lakers and you have Kobe and Shaq. I'm like, girl, you're not starting from scratch in any of right. these places. So, um, but I read, I, and I was reading his book, I, I also felt like there was kind of like this, I don't know, it kind of felt creepy with the whole like, you know, I would teach them how to read these books and you know this kind of like white man savior situation overtones to it and I don't know it just felt a little bit problematic maybe Mm. I'm looking at it from this day and age so you have you have coaches that are like uh coaching can seem to be you know if you have very good athletes like a Michael Jordan you know how do you get that talent because even as good as he is he could be all over the place right or you have a, maybe a, a coach who has to do two different styles, right? John Wooden, I believe he coached Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton, who have two different styles of play. And he was more fluid, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't as rigid. Mm-hmm. So you have that type of coaching. Um, and listening to Pat Summit's book, she talked about like, you know, she was very much about habit of like going over a play over and mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over. And she would mm-hmm. get like neck muscles Mm. purging Mm. you know so you have uh that type of coaching so there is a wide variety and i think there's good and bad and um i'd love to hear like you guys have had coaches what are there different do you think one do you think like a woman coach versus a, a male coach should there be that conversation or is it just like who you are as a person Mm. You know, because if I like, regardless of if I'm male or female or however I identify, I'm still me. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I'm going to come at it from my perspectives mm-hmm. of how I want to coach. Mm-hmm. So do you guys, I mean, yeah, you coach women primarily. Primarily. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason <clears throat> why you decided to do that? Um, mostly because. I am a woman. I mean, the sure. obvious yeah. piece, yeah. but because I felt like the issues and I didn't choose okay. that when I came out the gate, professional women wasn't my niche okay. right away. It was right. just professionals. But I really started gearing towards professional women because in the conversations mm. when people were coming to me, they were all things that I was very familiar with. I okay. mean, all the women that I coach are I have coached are all versions of me at different parts on my journey. And so I just, 
the language that I was able to use just seemed to resonate with them more. And I will say I had uh, a male client who is a former athlete. Okay. And I dis- and so I tried to use the same approach with him that I use with women, and it did not work. Okay. I mean, our, our first <laughs> That's two, good I would know. say our okay. first, like, three sessions, it was very tense because I'm like. Interesting. But. So, and I started going down that Mm. path to say that any coach, when you're in a, in a coaching situation, Mm. you have to meet the people that you're coaching where they're at. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. And so for this Mm. particular man that I started out with, I wasn't initially meeting him where he was at. I knew what his issues were because we're also friends. So there was that piece. Like I had to peel back that layer first, like the oh my God, right. like, this is my friend I'm coaching. Right. So I had to peel back that layer first right. and then go into the coach. But still, I was trying to use the approach that has worked with women, mm, with right. him, and he wasn't feeling it. But once I hit okay. my stride and removed the ego right. from it, from saying, right. why, isn't he, <laughs> why isn't this working? You know, mm. And I, I had to reach out to my coach mm. and she was like, you don't know what his shit is. So like, take yourself out of it. You're just, uh, you're just the channel Mm -hmm. for, you know, the universe to work through you for him. So remove yourself out of it. This isn't, this isn't your problem. Right. And once I did that and met him where he was, then it was, it was a game changer. Interesting. Um, But yeah, meeting people where they are is really important to the success of a coaching relationship. So, Oh, so so the, a difference. Okay, so there's managers, right? I was a manager. I was not a coach. Um, and I, it's so funny because I would never, I would just be like, my way of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I lead the team. I'm the one, I'm the one with, I'm taking all the heat. Right. Right. So I guess manager is still like, I thought I would have coaching moments in there, mm. but it was more, maybe I wasn't. I'm self-reflecting mm. right now. Mm. You're making yes. me self-reflect. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I feel like I'm, I, I, a coach maybe isn't a, necessarily a leader per se. As far as like, you know, I, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is like, there are leaders that just have to say like, this is where this is and this is what we got to do. This is where we got to go. This is mm-hmm. what we got to do. This is the, the objective, right? And here's the strategies and you just do Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, a coach who is like, okay, I have to, they are the prop, they have everything within them. And I just have to like get it out and show them how to get it out. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not that a coach is not a leader, but it's Mm -hmm. a different. And again, maybe that goes back to me being a runner (laughs) and a swimmer. (laughs) So I guess that's what my question there is like so you know sports coaches of course they have to have this aspect of do as I say Mm. but there has to be this we have this end goal so we need to win this playoff game yeah you know but it's tapping into each person's potential Mm. and what's going to be that because the thing that makes you tick is not going to be the thing that makes Mm. right exactly so it's finding out what is that 
thing. What's the key for you to get you to level up? What's the key for you to get you to level up? And so coaches, they know their players so intimately to know what is that thing that I, what's that button that I need to push to get them to where I need them to go. So there is that, you know, there is that, um, fine balance of being a manager in a coach, but Mm -hmm. then also being the, I'm the potential, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm the I'm the potential uncoverer. Okay, you know, <laughs> right, like right. I'm I'm helping you peel back the layers so that you can dig down deep, however mm. you need to dig, mm-hmm. so that I can get you to play this game to get us to win. Got it. But also, I think a good coach is really going to take your best interest because I mean, as a teacher, as a coach, you have a you have to pretty much learn so many personalities on your team, and, and you have to adapt and egos. And you have to be able to check them at the same time, mm-hmm. feed them in a way. And you have to learn that, you know, about each player. So one thing is like, you got to be so much as a coach, yeah. but you really have to like take their interest. So if like, if you see a player giving a hundred percent or, you know, they're injured or whatnot, like you're going to be like, all right, take it easy on this or whatever. Like you're going to motivate them, but you're also going to guide them and give them advice. Like I remember the coaches that stand out to me. They were not Mr. Softies. They weren't. They were mm. some of my hardest coaches, but they did it in a way where I knew they actually cared about me. They would be like, "You're you're doing amazing at this," because they they would recognize the little things. That mm. I see you. You know, you're out here. You're getting faster with your running. Or I saw you. You know, you're doing some challenging moves over there when you're stealing mm. or you're sliding has improved. So they would notice those little things that I was working on. But then they would also check me, like, "Okay, you you keep dropping your elbow when you're swinging. Mm. You're not. You're not." turning your hips mm-hmm. so i'm gonna need you and so during during the game when you're in the game you already got that pressure you can jackie that's not what we worked on during that mm-hmm. but i know when him he's yelling at me mm-hmm. it's coming from a good place yeah. because right. it's like i know those little details that he did notice that like i worked on my hook slide i he, he noticed that i was you know working on my stealing and so you're gonna listen to those coaches yeah they might be talking shit but you also listen mm-hmm. to them because of the mm-hmm. things that they mm-hmm. they saw in you yeah. and they're gonna mm-hmm. bring out the best in you and they're gonna definitely challenge you but in a good way mm-hmm. and so they're gonna you know show yeah. that interest yeah. so those are the things that little coaches because sometimes coaches just want to win 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 yeah. right and you can tell it's right. like yeah. but like my coach like my leg is hurting i hurt my knee i don't care suck it up go back out there we're gonna right. get this w kind of thing it's like damn you don't even care that i just injured my ankle right. or whatever right. like right. you just want to win you don't you give no shits about me right. as a player it's like the varsity blues it's like are you hurt mm-hmm. or are you injured right, right. you know right yeah yeah, but, but but then so that keeps the trust from breaking down. When, exactly, just like what you talked about. If it's, I know you. Know, we've had this private conversation of I know that you can do this. Right. This is what I'm noticing. Let's work on this. And then you get in the game. And so people only know the screaming. It's like, oh my god, they're so hard on them. Right. But you don't know the conversation led up to that. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the difference. Is when you are having that conversation, you're mm. taking someone to the side saying i know you have potential what do we right. need to do to right. get that to blossom that keeps the trust from breaking down as opposed to a bobby knight right you know right. where you know yeah. he's getting you yeah know, throw, throwing because sometimes these coaches eagles get in their way yeah. from Absolutely. being the best coach that they right. need right. well and then that i i like this where this conversation is going also because when you think about like where does the coaching stop like if for instance a lot of these coaches, they do take in, um, 
you know, they take a team in, they come from all different backgrounds. And usually, you know, when you look at MBA, the background is, can be a single parent, can be, you know, uh, from uh, projects or, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's very much a story that's, that's been told, right? Um, and the coaches are a lot of times that figure, that parental figure. And then they, it's like, do you think that coaching needs to evolve more to say, like, as we talk about transitioning, you know, the careers, you have these players that are aging out or they want to um, start thinking about what they're going to do in their retirement, whether it's being directors or being fashion designers or being analysts or reporters or politicians, whatever they're, they're going to be. It's like if I feel like is coaching does it need to modernize into mm. also helping them into those transition conversations or should it just be like when the game is done and your jerseys in the rafters, mm. mm-hmm. you move on with your life mm. and give me a call every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, because how much responsibility I feel like they, I feel like they should have to take on more responsibility because otherwise then they're, they're just using these people these athletes to a gain for rings and banners and what have you and then they're just saying like well see ya that was cool and (laughs) but a coach Mm -hmm. is like i can be a hundred years old Mm -hmm. and still be coaching right Mm -hmm. because i don't have to be out there (laughs) risking my body and my health yeah. And I'll just get a new crop of kids that are going to come in. There's they're already starting from grade school, you know, coming in. Yeah. So like where is the responsibility? Like how how can coaching should coaching evolve or what? I mean, we put mental they they just put Institute of Mental Health, you know, for that. Should there be should the these institutions be thinking about those types of things? And should coaches really be responsible? So, I mean, the responsibility conversation, I think that's um, that's a sensitive mm. topic because, you know, these coaches are paid to do a certain job. However, mm-hmm. we have seen examples of players having this amazing relationship with their coaches right. and this trust issue that we've talked mm-hmm. about where the player feels like they can go to the coach for these other things that are kind of like mm-hmm. outside of the scope. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because they all spend so much time together traveling and practice exactly. in the off season yeah. that you just, you get to know so much about your players and your teammates. And so you're, as a coach, you're uniquely qualified mm-hmm. to give some guidance right. in that way. But in terms of the responsibility, I think that it's more of a, like on a, one-to-one personal basis okay. of, you know, hey, coach, can we, you know. Right. Yeah, I agree 100% because I feel like not every player needs that. Okay. There's going to yeah. be some players that probably seek that guidance from that specific coach. Like, I'm just thinking about my high school coach, mm. and we're Instagram friends and Facebook friends, <laughs> but I don't really like, hey, what am I going to do in college? or what? I don't really okay. seek for that from them. I mean, should they have an exit plan and should they have somebody in the NBA, like helping the players like do an exit plan? Mm. Yes. Mm. Should that be on the coach? No, I don't okay. think so. But it also depends because sometimes the coaches end up having certain relationships 
closer to other players right. than you know and you can't take it personal because it's just like people in general sometimes right. you're gonna you know just you know get along with other people more than you do with others it doesn't mean that you don't like them it just means right. your connections were just stronger than those players right you know it's just like when you have kids i'm not saying there's a favorite and when you have a kid but <laughs> there are from what i hear from my friends <laughs> right from the older well, i have there's eight of us and i always tell my parents i know who your favorites are but it's okay I'll, I, but that's a lot so a lot of responsibility when you're the favorite you can't right. really fuck up but anyways <laughs> Um, so I'm okay with that, that without that title but it's just because of the connection that the, that person has with like for instance like the child with the parent like sometimes like I'm I have a closer relationship with my mom I know that doesn't mean my I love my dad less it just means my connection with my mom is a little bit closer it's a little bit better we communicate better um, it's kind of like with coaches and their and their players like you're gonna have players you're gonna love them all but you're gonna have that relationship different with some players and others right you know what I'm saying sure. so I don't think that the responsibility should be on the coach but they need to create some a position for help to help the players have like an exit plan when they when they leave because right. it's tough i know when i my senior year in high school it's like senior year i knew this was gonna happen but like right. i'm crying like, <laughs> i'm not gonna play softball with you guys anymore i'm not gonna be on the bus with y'all anymore this is high school i can yeah. only imagine nba yeah. or like wnba of yeah. that of that love and that like you're this is your job but at yeah. the same time you know it's like when you leave a job mm-hmm. you know yeah. like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. also too like you're, I mean, yeah. you're gonna have your certain coworkers that you're gonna Miss sure. more than others, yeah. Right. So it's right. kind of like that, but yeah, you need you definitely need to help exit. Not everybody, not right. every player, okay. but some mm-hmm. of these players do need help mm-hmm. with their exit plan. So. I, I like I I can jive with all of that. I think I'm okay with all of that. I, I guess for me, I'm just like you know if if the res- if the responsibility then becomes that of the player, then I think they're when we're talking about the modern athlete and what they want to do, then they should be able to do whatever they want without thinking like, Oh, you're going against the coach, Mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of times like, uh, you'll get a coach that'll come out. I think it was, uh, was it Dan Gilbert that just came out and he just was talking about LeBron and saying like, Oh, well, you know, he was very difficult to play with uh, something of that nature. And then he had to backtrack it and say like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Um, so, you know, there's things like that where was happening okay i'm getting checked i'm not getting checked <laughs> david griffin, david griffin. Oh. sorry uh-huh. thanks sorry. mark thanks mark. mark mark is our like background mark yeah. producer is here <laughs> checker the fact checker thank you i need one of those um that's usually karen so right <laughs> thanks mark <laughs> um so yeah so uh, you know i i think as we're moving into talking about coaching it makes more sense now when you think about the athlete taking yeah. it their more responsibility and going to the next level um but with that you know i just want to point out that a lot there there have been um n- there's now nine there's nine nba assistant coaches that are female whoop, whoop. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um woo. Assistant coaches, I asked who will be the first team to have a head coach Mm. as a female, but we couldn't even have a female president yet. So we're baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) Um, And we're also talking about um, Candace Parker just came out with Heroics, which is a sneaker honoring Pat Summit. Um, Pat Summit, who won 1,098 games 
eight wow, national titles amazing. and had a hundred percent graduation rate. Oh, she was so, so amazing. So man. And I'm telling you, I'm listening to this book and you guys, it's inspiring. Mm. It's very inspiring. Um, again, you know, I'm going to mention, um, Erica Wheeler who gave a shout out to, uh, C. Vivian Stringer, uh, f- after her win. And then, uh, Nile Ivy, and I hope I'm not saying that, uh, wrong, but she is the person that, um, was hired by the Memphis Grizzlies as an NBA assistant coach. Yeah, yeah. And her coach was Muffet McGraw, who is coach for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these women mm-hmm. are all, and you see that more, you know, you, you do hear it a lot, how they say, like, my coach mm-hmm. in college is what really has inspired me, yeah. you know, to take it to the next level. And you, And I feel... Like, I see a lot of these WNBA women transitioning a lot easier mm-hmm. than the men. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm biased. Okay, maybe I have uh, unconscious bias going on. But I just feel like they're like, all right, what's next? Like, yeah. I'm going to be a coach or I'm going to be on radio or I'm going to mm-hmm. talk on ESPN or I'm going to start a fashion line. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm sure there's hardships. I'm not trying to minimize that there are some people that don't have that transition but i think the narrative that's out there isn't one that's so filled with strife as you see Mm, some of mm -hmm. these uh Mm. nba players so just Mm. putting it just putting it out there Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) better coach um okay so i know we are getting pretty uh uh there's two i I did want i did have another big topic to talk about but i think what's more important that since we have kia here that we pick her brain on some coaching. Yes. Um, because I, like I said, I, I, she was my career coach and I have never been happier. And when she, mm-hmm. she told me that I, when I told her that I was doing a podcast, I was kind of like, and I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> Tell everyone you're doing a podcast. Put it on your LinkedIn. And I'm like, really? She's like, yes, Liz, put it out there. So Kia was definitely mm-hmm. the, a big supporter in me, like, Coming out of my closet <laughs> as a podcaster. Um, and she did help me, although I didn't get a, this job. I'm not going to name names, but mm-hmm. because they should be sorry that I'm not working there. Right. But they're. But this better. <laughs> yes, this is a lot better. But I will say that coming out of, even though I didn't get the job that I worked yeah. with you on, the transformation mm-hmm. of being, putting stake in the ground, something yes. big that she's taught me. Um, and you know, there's just so many takeaways that I was like, Oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about Mm -hmm. this. And knowing my brand, Mm -hmm. it's a big one. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and just putting myself out there, it was, it was so transformative that after that, I'm like, I don't even need this job actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make my own job. Right. So, um, Kia, what, what are some tips? Or, you know, we're talking about this transitioning from into careers or, you know, um, or if you're impacted, mm-hmm. you know, right. Like, what are some mm-hmm. things that you like some five tips that mm-hmm. you could give our listeners to say, like, whether you're an athlete or, you know, any type of career that you have that could you could put to work? Yeah. Um, the first one is get connected with your why. You know, trying to understand what your purpose is, why you're showing up the way that you're showing up. Get connected with your why because your why is going to drive everything. Um, Then it's the what. 
Hmm. Actually, let me flip flop. Start with the what. Like, okay. what is it that you want to be doing, and then get connected to the why. Because if you're just going after the some going after something just for the sake of going after it, well, if your heart's not in it, I mean, it's the same as when you're setting goals. Hmm. You can set all these goals that you want, but if you're not emotionally and energetically connected to, if you like, it has mm-hmm. no meaning. Um, so, getting connected with your what, getting connected with your why, but then also. Getting to understand what does that end goal look like for Mm -hmm. you? What is it that you want to be doing? What do you want to be feeling about that? You know, one of my coaches says, you know, feel your way Mm -hmm. to the end point. And getting connected with the feeling is really important because if you're applying for jobs, Mm -hmm. for instance, to make your career transition, if you're just applying for jobs because you feel like it's something that you should be doing, Mm -hmm. but before you've even applied, you're like, you have a pit in your stomach Mm -hmm. and you've got like, you know, a rock sitting on your chest, then that's your cue that maybe this isn't, (laughs) maybe this isn't something that's going to really work out for me. Because if you're already not wanting to show up, imagine if you get the job. Oh yeah. And you're, you know, day one, you're like, this freaking sucks. <laughs> well, guess what? Not only are you thinking that, but you're showing up in that way and not even realizing right. it. And so people around you are like, hmm, she don't really seem like she's feeling this job. Like, what's that about? And then so right. people start responding to you accordingly. And the next thing you know, you're getting called into the HR office like, so this isn't working out, <laughs> a.k.a. Carmelo. <laughs> Damn. This isn't working out. Wow. Carmelo (laughs) so you know you don't have to go home but you got to get up out of here you know so um you know that's that's a big one is how are you feeling about this thing that you're thinking about doing Mm -hmm. if you have any kind of trepidation towards it then it's time to do some reflection of why am I why am I not feeling Mm, right really good and excited about that so that's number three um number four I would say is what would have meaning and purpose to you? Mm. You know, again, we go on this path of wanting to do things for the sake of doing them because somewhere along the way, someone has told us that that's what we should be doing. But for you, it has zero meaning. Right. So, you know, in addition to the what and the why, like what has meaning for you? What would make you want to jump out of bed Mm. every morning? You know, just like how, like you now, Jackie, are like living the dream, right? This is something that you took the step to do. Mm -hmm. So what is that thing that would make you really want to jump out of bed? Then four or fifth from that is, is that five? I lost. I I think it's five. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We'll count it. (laughs) The fifth is what can you do? today, tomorrow, or this week to get you 2% closer Mm. to where you want to be. You know, people set these goals for themselves and it's like these grandiose things that feel really big when you look at it. You know, if you've got a whiteboard or you've got your paper with all your goals or your vision board, it feels really huge and overwhelming, which then you're like, okay, well, I can't do this. Right. This this is too much for me to incorporate. So break it down, reverse engineer. What is something that I can do today, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, like really short term. And if you remember, this was something that I was sharing with you. Break it down to something you can do immediately right away that just gets you one step closer. You know, every big accomplishment that we have has to start somewhere. You have to start on that first, you know, square in the Hopscot square. You know, you have to start somewhere. So 
start small and right. work your way up. Every big accomplishment is a, a collection of smaller wins along the way. That's great. You know, I remember one really great tip that you gave me was to look through my uh, LinkedIn recommendations to find common words um, or examples that people use to describe me and my work. Mm. So then I can use that to um, create what my brand is and create like what are the things that I want to put a stake in that I'm good at. Like I'm good at getting people to work together very collaborative, you know, those types of things, um, because I saw those words a lot in my recommendations. So that one's, I was like the one, like one thing I did, you know, if you're going to do one thing, that was one thing. And that's actually a big deal because it's so hard for us, especially as you said earlier, women to recognize the things that we, that we, that we're good at. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, I'm not that good. And, and I've had to learn, thankfully my old boss, she was a woman. She was just Mm -hmm. like an alpha female and, but so also caring and just strong. She is the one that would remind me of the things that I was good at. And I'm be like, well, I mean, isn't everybody good at them? They're like, no, right. Mm -hmm. You have a gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've recently learned what my gift is. Yeah. And it's literally to make people feel comfortable, yes. mm-hmm. make people feel, you know, like appreciated and, and, and welcomed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have, I feel like, doesn't everybody do that? Right. Doesn't everybody just be like, hey, come on in. Like, what's, right. what's, what's mm-hmm. what you doing? You know, what yeah. do you mean? And she's like, that's a gift. You have a gift about you. It's a light and you need to, so that I just recently discovered what my gift is. And now it's like, okay, once you've discovered what your gift is, now how can you use it in your life, in your career, in your, right. to move up and that people can make a job out of it. Like, so I'm trying to figure out like, then what's the right job for me since mm-hmm. I've recently discovered my gift? Wow. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that you really, it's hard and you start with what you just said. Right. What are some common words that people use to describe exactly? You? Mm-hmm. And exactly. if the words are not positive, then maybe we need to do some self reflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually just went through that exercise for myself. Oh, you know, cool. because I know that I have blind spots mm. about me and what some of my like really easy lanes are. So I did that. I sent out an email to some very close colleagues mm. and friends and peers, and I just like interviewed them on email and said, you know, when you hear my name, what comes to mind? Mm. When you see me out and about doing what I'm doing, what, you know, what stirs within you? What do you think about? And the responses that I got back are all very similar. That's so cool. But Mm -hmm. for me to think about it, one, it felt conceited to say those things about it myself. Does. It does. Mm. You know, and, and there's this there's this fine line of, you know, owning yes. your gifts and being like, oh, I know I got this. Right. You know, like there's there's right. a there's a really uh, particular balance that you have to strike. But we have blind spots. Right. And so just like I share with you, this is something that I share with a lot of people. If you can't think of that thing, you mm-hmm. know, if you can't think of what your light is, what your gifts are, what your strengths are. Ask your friends, yeah. ask your colleagues, because they will be able to tell you in yep. a minute. Yes. And I will tell you, I sent out that email and the responses came back so fast because people were readily able to say this, right. that, yes. you got this, go. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think that's a great way to, as we're starting to wrap the show, <laughs> um, there's always so many things that we want to get to. And I promise that I always, I'm always going to end on time. 
I know. I told that to you too. Practice. So I think it's a good practice, but I love that it ended on that note because mm-hmm. I think it's just really important for us to uh, find our gifts, you know, uh, have friends share or colleagues share those with us and then really find out what our brand is and what it is that we want to do once we get that. I myself am someone who, uh, maybe it's, because I'm Pisces and I know I'm going Pisces. through my <laughs> astrology, but yes. I'm always moving. Mm-hmm. I'm never focused. If anything, la- you know, when, when I was told, Hey, you're going to have to do this weekly. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Panic. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely have a panic. Um, and I, and, but also I think that's part of my gift mm-hmm. is that I do, I tend to be able to do a lot of, uh, just flow. I don't stay in my lane. I make the lane. Hey. And that's something that I think is my gift. Yes. So excellent. Yay. Excellent. Um, again, Jackie, thank you so much for being a co-host. Hey. You totally rule. And actually, I think this was a pretty good show since you're finding your gift and talking about yeah. coaching. And yes. Stuff. So awesome. Thank you for having me. I have so much fun. I love your show. Oh, like, my God, Jackie. I talk about your show all the time. <laughs> you guys kick ass. You and Karen oh my are just making big you, moves over here. And I'm are. so happy oh. to have, you know... And just when you asked me, I was like, oh, my God, yes. I was so honored. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you are. You're definitely someone that we love having your energy oh. and coming at uh, sports at a really interesting perspective. So we appreciate you and everything that you do. Thank you. And Kia, thank you so much thank you. for coming on the show. Um, it's almost like full circle for yes. you and I, because <laughs> when I was whispering about a podcast in your office and now you are on my podcast, yes. but Karen, we miss you. It's not just mine. It takes, it takes a you know mm-hmm. team. Um, but yeah, thank you so this much. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Like Jackie, I feel so honored that you Aww. invited me to be here. Of and course. It just, this was so much fun. I love it. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, guys, if you're listening and, or you'll listen to the, us later, you will know that this is all happened because I had such a fabulous career coach to guide me to where I'm at now. So yeah. please, please, please. You are at the AHA Project. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie, you are Mysterious Jacks. Yes, and- you can find me at Mysterious.Jacks or at Ladies Night Radio Show. Yes. And her show is Friday night, 730. Ooh, ooh. It is lit. Is like it the is. hottest nightclub. <laughs> yes. To try to get onto those chats is one of the hardest things because that fucking thing is lit. I've tried it. When they say something that I wrote in the chat box, I'm like, yeah, I made it. <laughs> Listen to her show. It's always popping. And um, I'm going to be, I'm so grateful for you guys. We're at The Hoops Talking on both Instagram and on Twitter. We now have a website, thehoopstalking.com. Um, catch us on um, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And, um, yeah, you know, Karen, I can't wait for you to come back home. We miss you. We miss you. But I guess it'll just be left to me to just to keep it sweaty and petty for hey. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone. Good, Good night. night. <laughs>